Welcome to the Turn Up Your Volume podcast, where you will get inspired by female entrepreneurs sharing their stories with the world. Discover how you can get the publicity you deserve to build the business of your dreams. I'm your host, Alison Fraser. functioning on 100%. One of the most popular episodes that I've had on this podcast was with Dr. Linda Deer talking about perimenopause. And today we're going to hear from Dr. Eilina Ismail, a functional medicine doctor based in Melbourne, Australia. Eilina is the host of the Decoding Fatigue 101 podcast, where she shares what she knows about fatigue and how we can help ourselves live better. Welcome to the show, Eilina. Thanks, Alison. Um, one of my previous guests, we spoke about perimenopause and menopause, and that was quite popular. So I'm quite excited to have you on as a functional medical doctor. And you, I know you specialize in fatigue. So this is going to be a great show, I think. <laughs> I hope so too. Yeah. How did you, like, how did you decide that fatigue was something that you wanted to look into more? Well, I got into functional medicine because I have two kids on the spectrum. That was my initial goal because I find that conventional medicine only addresses like the symptoms. So my kids had verbal issues, go see a speech therapist. Um, she could, my daughter couldn't write properly, go see an OT, work on your, your small muscle groups. So that was fine. But I'm like, there must be more because... We were just patching the problem. So that's how I got into functional medicine. Um, and I love the gut. So like the gut's one of my passion because I realized that a lot of chronic illnesses start with the gut being an issue. And then it started going from the gut to moms with um, kids with autism. So they come to me and they were tired and they had like, they couldn't manage like, it sounds easy on paper. Okay, go gluten-free, dairy-free. It helps with the brains uh, to reduce the brain's inflammation in these kids with autism but the parents couldn't manage the moms mostly couldn't manage because they were just exhausted from dealing with kids on the spectrum right and I was there like I knew that so then it started going into fatigue and then I started um, addressing fatigue in women and it was just simple things like vitamin D things like iron deficiency B12 and again some of it related to the gut, which was my favorite subject, as usual. Uh, because then these kids, uh, these parents were not eating properly because they worried about the kids, so they were not absorbing the right nutrients. And then lately, a lot of my patients have gone in, have come to me with thyroid issues. So there's a lot of root causes of fatigue. Uh, my three big pain points are fatigue, body aches, or chronic pain, and brain fog. And uh, a lot of my patients now present to me with autoimmune diseases. So that's my sub-niche at the moment. I look at fatigue in general, but my sub-niche is women who present with low thyroid function as the root cause of their fatigue. So, and that's how I got into functional medicine because we look at the root causes, not just, hey, here's some thyroxine or thyroid medication for your low thyroid function and address the root causes which could be the gut could be the antibodies their immune system and so on 
I also get patients that come to me with the thing they tick boxes of this thyroid function causing their fatigue, but they go to their doctors, their practitioners, and I'm not sure about in New Zealand, but in Australia, Medicare controls a lot of the blood tests that we doctors can do. So most doctors just do the basics because that's how we were taught in medical school. Um, and we didn't know any difference. So I always say, do not blame your doctors, but there are a lot of people out there that do not test for the full thyroid panel. So of course, they'll come back to you and say, oh, your thyroid's fine. It's all in your head. Take some happy pills. That, that doesn't seem cool, but I'm... <laughs> You said that you it started from your children, but then yeah. I mean, and the analogy I'm coming up with hearing is um, you've got to look after yourself before you can look after others. Yep, true. And you found yeah. that the mums weren't able, weren't looking after themselves while also trying to look after their kids. So, yep. did, have you found that the mums who you've helped with their fatigue, it's not only just helped them but their kids as well. Oh, definitely. So once you take care of yourself, and it happened to me too, I can share with you about my story later. But yeah, once you have a clearer mind of what you want to do, because it's not easy to implement the things that we do, because it's more about nutrition, because I always think food is medicine. You can take all the supplements in the world, but after a while, you keep just relying on supplements. They become like medications, right? another drug that you take every day so that's why we need to focus on food being medicine so that's hard it's not easy if you've already got this that diet the standard Aussie or standard American diet um maybe not SN but standard New Zealand diet but yeah to do that you need to have the resilience and how can you have resilience if you if you yourself are fatigued and can't even take care of yourself so yep you got to address the fatigue and then other things will come easier. Is there a common um, common ways that we do get fatigued? Like, have you found that there is like things that everyone presents with or similarities within how their fatigue has, has started? I think the easiest is nutrient. I call it nutrient death. So a lot of women come to me and they lack in a lot of essential nutrients. So a lot of people say, oh, I take a multivitamin, is that good? I'm not a fan of a multivitamin only because it's got just a little of everything. So if you look, it just says that, you know, take the recommended daily, um, what's RDI, recommended daily intake. So they, you just take something just to be above normal but it's not your optimized value. So for example, the top five things I always find is vitamin D. That's huge. I know we live in a country where there's lots of sun. Even at the end of summer, like we're now in autumn, I was getting lots of um, results of women with their vitamin D that was not optimal. So the problem is, again, with the conventional system is they have a reference range of what is normal in your blood test, correct? How do we get that reference range? Well, say you're lucky the lab takes about a thousand women, they test the bloods and they say, they plot the graph and it's like a bell curve. And they say, okay, 95% of the population's vitamin D falls between 100 
and 200. So we'll take that as normal. That's 10 years ago, because I have blood tests to prove in patients did 10 years ago, um, 65 nanomoles per liter was normal, but now 49 nanomoles per liter is normal. But I think it, no, last time it was 65 nanomoles per liter was low, but now 49 nanomoles per liter is normal. So what happens is over the years, everyone's vitamin D gets lower, right? So they have this new reference range because everyone's low, so it must be normal. So a lot of people come to me and they say, oh, my doctors just checked the vitamin D, it's fine. They say it's fine. And I said, show me the results. But I don't trust normal. So when we finally dig it up and then they say, oh, see, it's 55 or something. So the reference range in Australia is 50 to 250. My functional medicine ranges are, and these are based on studies, so it's, it's not me like bringing up a number. It's 120 to 150. So if you say yours is 55, normal levels are 50, and mine is 120, of course you're low. And once people address their vitamin D, for example, crazy. It helps with like low fatigue causes tiredness. You feel down, got body aches, brain fog, doesn't get calcium into your bones. So you get osteoporosis risk later in life. And it increases the risk of inflammation and autoimmune disease. There's lots more of vitamin D. I love vitamin D. So that's vitamin D sounds first, amazing. <laughs> that's one of the first things I address. And it's so and simple. Is there an easy way to get more vitamin D? Um, and I know my husband likes to get, he, he goes and sits outside in the sun, but he sets a timer based on the UV index. Okay, yeah, yeah. you can. But I dare you to check his vitamin D levels. <laughs> the worst is also you need to wear, like, because you wear sunscreen to protect against skin cancer, not like, and not just the timing of when you are outside. That reduces the ability of the skin to absorb the sun rays, right? Um, and then when you have darker skin, so a lot of Asians, they don't absorb as much, so these people are low. And it's such an easy thing to address. So is that a supplement thing or can we get it through food or what's yeah. the best way to can increase get, our vitamin D? Can get vitamin D through food. So mostly it's a supplement. And sometimes you just need to take it for about three months and then we retest. So I like to retest. I don't like to say, hey, just go get some vitamin D over the counter and take it and no, we retest and then we address. Because it's not about the dose, it's more the levels. Some people might need 2,000 international units a day to capsule. Most capsules are 1,000. Some people need 10,000 a day. Everyone's different. But we always monitor. We don't just randomly take. It's interesting what you said about the normal level, how that's dropped because I guess they take it on the average. It's like, yep. this is one of those perfect cases where we don't want to be normal. <laughs> We want to be optimized. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. And have you seen um, like a big difference in people's fatigue when they have been, you know, have increased their vitamin D to an optimal level? Oh, definitely. Definitely. As I said, one of the easiest things to address and most people don't. Like it's not a common test that most doctors do here. And if they did, they go by that reference range. So it's already two things that might not work in your favor if you have low vitamin D. 
So best to get your numbers rather than just accepting that you're in yeah. a normal range. Yeah. And people come to me and they're like, what, take 5,000 a day? I said, yeah, you'll never OD on B. It's like my favorite <laughs> caption. <laughs> and I get, and I, I don't know about in New Zealand, but in Australia, there's a brand which is 7,000 units per capsule. So it's a higher dose. But you only, like, if you need 3,000 a day, you just take three of the 7,000 a week. So that's only three capsules compared to 21 of the 1,000. That makes sense. And so I had a patient coming to me and she said, oh, I went back to the chemist. And he said, oh, this is high dose. You shouldn't be taking so much. I'm like, go to another chemist. <laughs> because they don't know. That's that's what they they go by conventional medicine and that's what they were taught. So you can't blame not many people go into detail about B, but vitamin B is one of the easiest What led you to start in your podcast on fatigue? Well, I'm a shy person. <laughs> um, I have lots of, I've had like a few mentors, mentors over the years for my online business because I found that when my practice is busy. My offline practice is crazy busy and I cut down my hours. That's the story. So I actually had a break, like um, a breakdown in October 21. It was like in the midst of COVID. Um, everything was in lockdown. I was just nine to five, go to work, come back from work, couldn't take any holidays. So um, yes, I had a, like a breakdown and I was really tired and I'm like oh my god sounds like me so that's how then I started working on myself I'm like okay so we know we've got issues but we address it um and then I was working one-to-one -one with patients right and I'm like and everyone comes to me and say oh my doctor never told me this oh and I realized that I couldn't leverage myself at my practice because I'm really fully booked, uh, cut down my hours, I'm only now doing three days a week. So I thought, let's go online. So I went online, I hired some mentors, I worked with a few mentors for the last two years during COVID. And one of the things they said, do a live, go show yourself. I'm like, no, I did. Um, well, it was hard at the start. So uh, my mentor said, what like picks you up? I said, exercise. So I love to exercise. So she said, do it. I said, that is my worst hair day. Like after exercise, I'm sweating. She said, no, do it. So once I did that, I was okay. But I realized that it's still a big deal to me, like going live. So I said, hmm, I'll do better with a podcast. So that's how I started. Because no one can see me. I can be in my pajamas, but I can express myself really well. And I just talk to them. Because I, I envision myself talking to my patient, but it's just a microphone. That's I suppose my... you can reach so many more people that way. Yeah. Yeah, so leveraging. So, have you always listened to podcasts? Yep, I love uh, Mark Hyman. Do you know him? He's one of the big gurus of functional medicine. Um, and he came to Australia to Brisbane in 2018 to like that's when I first saw him and he was giving this conference. Um, so his is pretty good. I learned to um, I listened to a lot. Oh, she's in New Zealand. Lara Bryden, do you know her? She's a naturopath, really good with a female reproductive symptoms. But I'll listen to Menadoc. You just told me about her, so I'll have a listen. 
most of it is in my car. So I've got like a two-seater when I go to work and it's just me. And uh, rather than listening to stupid songs, I call them stupid songs, my kids get really angry. So when it's just me and uh, going to work, I just listen to a podcast. It's the easiest to absorb stuff while you might while you drive it's like multitasking yeah I listen to podcasts when I go out for a run and when I'm driving yeah yeah and what was the very first podcast that you subscribed to that's a hard one I don't look at my phone I can't remember it's probably it could be Amy Potterfield oh that's a good one yeah um, I can't remember her actual. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But then once you join her group, then she has private podcasts for just her members. Yeah. So that's how it started. And, like, and one of it was on how to start a podcast. I'm like, ah, yeah. Perfect. <laughs> Have you had much publicity like in Melbourne or even beyond on what you do and how you help people? As I said, I'm a shy person. <laughs> so mostly it's by word of mouth, like patients find me through word of mouth. There's a Hashimoto's Australia Facebook page that a lot of my patients come from. I tried to be in the group, but they said, are you a patient? I'm like, no, I'm a practitioner. <laughs> anyway, um, and, but now I realize the power of social media. So that's why um. I do try to promote my Instagram. I'm still trying my best. Yeah. So a lot of my information is on my Instagram portfolio and Facebook too. Why have you not sought publicity? Because I know lots of people will will probably have the same answer as you. (laughs) Yeah, I'm just shy. I can't can't do it. Like um, probably colleagues, my at my level, like a lot of them are specialists. I'm a specialist GP, but lots of colleagues like orthopedics and cardiovascular surgeons, they've probably given lots of talks. I've been to their talks, but I don't know, maybe because functional medicine is still not fully out there yet. So I do send patients to specialists for whatever reasons. And then they say, oh, this is my GP, but she does functional medicine. And I do get some friendly loving letters from specialists because they don't understand what functional medicine is. So maybe that's why I don't give talks. Uh, I never had the chance to. I'm not really that keen. But <laughs> so maybe you... my, my way of um, sharing the information is through social media, through podcasts. And so maybe you need to be the one to lead the way. Maybe. One day, oh, the other thing is obviously all these conferences are sponsored by big farmers. And I don't use a lot of drugs, right? So maybe that's the other reason. I've been on other podcasts, so like BioConcepts. They are like a nutritional supplement company. So it, it's more podcast, yeah. Not so much like face-to-face conference. One day, one day. Do you know which of your podcast episodes has been the most popular? Like, what's the subject that people are most interested in? Maybe now it's because I'm focusing more on low thyroid function. So um, my current freebie is about the truth behind thyroid testing. So when I promote that, it's 
got a link to my most recent thyroid episode, uh, podcast episodes. I think there's about six episodes on my podcast about the thyroid. So that has been the most that has been downloaded. But a lot of people forget. They come to me and they say, oh, I think it's my thyroid. Can you check my thyroid? But in the endocrine system, so the glands, there's lots of glands that we have. The top one is your adrenals. So there are about three episodes before the thyroid that people should listen to because the adrenals then affect the thyroid, then affect your sex hormones, which is your ovaries produce the estrogen and progesterone. So some people I say, okay, let's address the thyroid. But sometimes when we are not, we hit like a roadblock, it's like stress, right? Adrenals. You're in flight or fight mode. You gotta address that first. If not, it's like a downstream effect that affects your thyroid and so on. Yeah. So at the moment, it's the thyroid episode. There are more women these days who are affected by thyroid issues than you may have seen, you know, at the start of your career. I'm not sure whether it's just not been addressed, so there's more awareness now, or because a lot of patients get referred back uh, through word of mouth, as I said, to me. But it's, I got to talk about autoimmune disease because that's how it starts. So about one in four women will have an autoimmune disease throughout their lifespan. Isn't that crazy? It's like your immune system no longer recognizes your organs and it starts attacking and the most common of all autoimmune diseases there's about 100 plus in the world at the moment is Hashimoto's Hashimoto's is when your antibodies attack your thyroid and it causes the thyroid to stop or decrease in its function um, so that's the most common so an autoimmune disease is huge some antibodies we can test for like Type 1 diabetes is the autoimmune disease where it attacks the pancreas. Uh, rheumatoid arthritis, it's attacking the joints we can test for, but there's so many that we can't test for, like MS, multiple sclerosis, vitiligo, where your skin becomes depigmented. Um, what else have I seen? Psoriasis, such a common thing, but it's an autoimmune disease. And some of the inflammatory bowel diseases, um, like Crohn's. So the problem is, if you don't address the root causes of autoimmune disease, once you've got one, you probably will get another one. So I've got patients who get thyroid and then they have MS or they get MS first and then they come to me and they get yes, they start to get thyroid, uh, like fatigue. And then I say, let's check your thyroid. And they say, oh, no one's thought about that. So what is the root cause then of these autoimmune diseases leading to fatigue, right? Goes back to your gut which is another of my favorite subjects. So unfortunately, well, no, I shouldn't say that. Fortunately, the gut is like, obviously it's the main, if you look at the gut, it's like this long tube, right? Right from your gums, from your mouth, esophagus, stomach, small intestine, large intestine, anus. I call it from your gums to your bum. It's like from your mouth to your anus. And it's like a cylinder. And the only way stuff can get into our body is through what we stuff into my mouth. Sometimes if you cut your skin, yes, bugs can get in or you might inhale things, but the most common thing is your gut. So say you eat things and maybe some things are not good for you. The body's not stupid. It's got two lines of defense 
mechanism. So the first is this, what I call this skin, one cell um, layer of, this, uh, of the gut wall. It's like, it's got like this tight blue between the cells. It's only one cell layer. You look at it under a microscope. <clears throat> and this tight blue, <clears throat> we call it tight junctions. You can Google this. There's lots of studies online on PubMed. And there are certain foods in certain people who are prone to get autoimmune diseases where these foods are inflammatory and they break down this blue, these tight junctions. And that's when you get leaky gut. I'm sure a lot of people have heard about leaky gut. You give me an idea. That's my next project on my podcast, my next few episodes on the gut. I'm doing, at the moment, I'm doing female hormones. Um, yeah, after that, I'll do the gut. So, say, so what are these foods? It's basically gluten and dairy. And a lot of people find it difficult to do, but I'll tell you why. Why gluten and why dairy? Dairy is not lactose. So lactose is the sugar in dairy. It's casein. Casein is protein in dairy. And casein acts like gluten. So gluten is from wheat, barley, oat, and rye casein. Anything from the animal milk. So whether it's cow, goat, sheep, buffalo, they've got casein. Of course, certain animals like cow have more casein. So what they do is they break down this glue or the tight junctions and you get this leaky gut. So now things that were supposed to come up in your poop, all your waste products, say plastics, pesticides, uh, heavy metals, now there's cracks in your gut because it's leaky and things get to get in. And so does gluten, so does casein. Second line of defense is your immune system. Did you know that two-thirds of your immune system actually sits in the gut wall? It's crazy, right? Like the whole body, two-thirds of your army sits in the gut wall because that's where the body knows if there's enemy that gets into your body, it's through your gut. So in people who are susceptible to getting autoimmune diseases, um, the, the immune system thinks gluten and casein. There are other things, there are other food intolerances, but these are the big two tips, I call them. Um, to your immune system, it's public enemy number one. So your immune system, imagine you're sleeping in the gut wall, doing their own thing, your army, and suddenly you eat gluten and dairy and casein, and it attacks it, and it goes back to sleep. And then you start eating more. So now your immune system's up, attacks it, go back to sleep. But over time, when you're just eating lots of gluten and casein, your immune system gets wrapped up. There's no time to sleep. It's just attacking the enemy. And then it turns around and looks at other parts of your body. It, we call it molecular mimicry. There's lots of studies on that on PubMed online. You can Google that. Where the immune system now looks at your thyroid, for example, and says, hmm, that looks a bit like gluten and casein. I'm going to attack it. That's it. Public enemy number one. So that's the basis of autoimmune disease. It looks at your joints. It says, oh, your joints look a bit like, like gluten and casein. Let's attack it. Crazy. So what do we do? What's the root cause? Because when people get Hashimoto's, they get tired, the fatigue, the root cause is go off gluten and dairy. Not easy to do, but can be done. I took a few years to do it with my daughter. My daughter's gluten and dairy free, but more for autism. Because again, that one affects uh, the brain. It's a different mechanism. 
but it's yeah some people can eat bowls of pasta drink gallons of milk and have no problems but other people it affects the body well, when I go into my question about ice cream, this is giving me a whole other context. It's like, oh, maybe ice cream isn't that great after all, but it's so delicious. Oh, you're funny. So if you are experiencing fatigue and you haven't had a diagnosis um, about your thyroid, would you suggest like just dropping, like giving up gluten and casein products just as a nah, test? Nah. No. no no enjoy yourself first yeah <laughs> do the test get the diagnosis and then work from there it's just not worth it like you might not need it like you know it and it's as i say it's not easy to do so some people come to me and i say okay choose one which is the easier one <laughs> to do and a lot of people say oh i love my cheese vegan cheese is not the same i say okay start with gluten and it won't change overnight functional functional medicine i say it's like a marathon it's not a sprint. It's not like taking Panadol and your headache goes away after half an hour. Not that I like Panadol. Anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> um, but at least start on something. Do it for about six to eight weeks. I only say, you know, if you're cooking your own things, you know what goes into your food, so it's okay. But say two weeks in, you're gluten-free, then you get invited to a birthday party. And you say, oh, it's just a bit of cake. That's fine. That's your choice. But then that two weeks do not come. You start back from zero to get to the eight weeks. And then at eight weeks, tell me how you feel. Because a lot of people come back and, yeah, fatigue is one of the things that gets later. And they're like, oh, my God. Yeah. And imagine there's going to be lots of people Googling now for a functional medicine doctor near them just to see. Yeah, that's if- not in New Zealand that I know of and in yeah, Australia. Yeah. That's good to hear. <laughs> now. Going into ice creams, I mentioned to you before we um, started recording, I do love my ice cream and I like to find out from my guests their favourite flavours. So can you tell me what's your favourite flavour of ice cream? Chocolate. It's always chocolate. Nothing but chocolate. If you put a bit of chips, it's okay. I don't like nuts, no. So chocolate plus chips is, chocolate chips is fine, but that's it. Is there, do you go to a, like have a particular brand that you like in Melbourne? Or? Um, um, I don't need it that much. So normally we buy it from Coles when it's on sale. Yeah. <laughs> it's um, one of the Ben and Jerry's and Hagen Das. That's one of my favorites. Yeah, they're good. They're good brands. <laughs> but when on sale, it's all the better. Yes. Yeah. What's your favorite? <laughs> um well you mentioned Ben and Jerry's I really love and I haven't seen this for years they had a flavor called chubby hubby which was a malt flavored ice cream and it had um pretzels which were covered in chocolate but filled with peanut butter I don't like peanut butter so (laughs) was it chubby (laughs) hubby that's so cute I haven't seen it for years but I mean if anyone knows where I can find some I would be there in a heartbeat but my 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 ice cream tastes change all the time but um there's a place to, not too far down the road where I've been getting Bailey's and tiramisu ice cream it's quite delicious wow. one scoop of each uh, I'll cool. try that 
Well, thank you so much for telling us all about thyroid and fatigue and vitamin D. <laughs> and for people to go and get a test and to question their results to get their the specific levels and you know do what's best for them thanks Alison, for having me yeah um can you tell us where we can find you online um just go to um dririna.com so d-r-a-i-l-i-n-a Com, so that's the easiest. Um, if you want my free downloadable on the thyroid, like the truth behind thyroid testing, in that we talk about the nutrients too, like vitamin D. It's um, info.drilina.com slash thyroid. Put those links in the show notes too so people can find okay. them easily. Sure. Thank you so much. No worries. Thanks, Alison. Have a great day. Here are my takeaways. One, don't treat the symptom, identify the cause and work on that. Two, what's considered normal isn't always optimal, aim for that instead. Three, unless you've been tested and have reason to, don't give up gluten or dairy just yet. Some people can tolerate these just fine. Four, food is medicine. You can take all the supplements in the world, but when you rely on them, they become the same as medication. And five, Find what you're most comfortable doing. If it's Instagram Lives, do those. If it's podcasting, do that instead. You can get Eileen's links in the show notes. Please share with those in your life who you think may also benefit. Now, before I leave you, I wanted to share a goal of mine for the year, and that is to help 100 women get featured on podcasts in their niche. If this is something you would like to be a part of, please send me an email to alison at alisonfraser.co. I'll speak to you next week. Thanks for listening to the Turn Up Your Volume podcast. For more info, visit alisonfraser.co. And for future episodes, be sure to subscribe.